Welcome back to another edition of the EDBC podcast. Eric Dobratz, Brian Coleman, and the madness of this first couple of weeks of the NCAA tournament, you know, conference tournaments, NCAA tournament. And Brian, I spent the entire weekend watching basketball all day Saturday, all day Sunday. High school Me too. Basketball, high school basketball. Just, high school basketball. Yeah, high school basketball. If you, I was going to say I did the same thing, but I think we were watching different games. Yeah. But and let me just, you know, you're out there, you're covering the sports for the, for the good folks of Connecticut. You're the local teams. You're pumping up the local teams. Wonderful job you're doing. Let me tell you this. On Saturday night was the most normal I've felt at my job in two years. And I'll tell you why. Mohegan Sun Tournament, if you're not familiar, they have five championships on Saturday, five on Sunday. We could have a whole podcast about having too many high school champions in this state. That's for another. But Saturday night at 8.15 was the biggest player in the state of Connecticut, Donovan Klingen from Bristol Central, the seven-footer who's going to UConn next year. Mm. Um, the Mohegan Sun Arena, I think it holds maybe close to, it's about eight or 9,000. You've been there a few times. Yeah, I thought, it was 12, I thought it was like 12. Per, yeah. per, per, you might be right. Will you look this up? I mean, you're the producer. We, we Come on, what's wrong with you? Jesus. I've been, there, I've been like five times. You've been there like 105 times, and I got to do the research on this. All right, it holds a lot of people. Let's go with that. All right, and it was about eight, about 70% full, all for a high school basketball game. And it was just a great environment, like um, lots of media. Uh, Dan Hurley and Tom Moore were sitting on press row, and I had a nice moment with my son. My son, who I brought with me for the weekend, because he said, you know, can I tag along with you? I said, sure. He said, Dad, Dad, there's Dan Hurley. He's like, you think I can get a picture with him? I said, yeah, if you want to. He's like, well, can you go ask him? You know him. I'm like, I don't really know him, buddy. Like, I, I know him, but I don't know, know him. And plus, we can't ask for autographs. I said, right. you want one, you get the courage to do it. So after the, game, after the game, he comes running over. Dad, I got one with Coach Hurley. And he showed me the little selfie. So what happened was there was about 20 kids kind of hovering around where Hurley was. And right. Hurley looked over at them and kind of gave him the look like, all right, who's going to come first? Because he knew all the kids wanted a picture. So right. I give him a lot of credit because he, so my son said, can I have a selfie? Ran over, took a picture with him. And it's a great picture. And then my son said Hurley took about 25, 30 photos of kids. And, you know, the guy could have been a miserable bastard after losing in the incident. I was going to say, and he, he was available for pictures this yes. weekend because he wasn't coaching. And then, of course, you know, I sent out a nice little tweet with my son in the picture. And then I had one troll ask me about, whether or not the substitution pattern was discussed with my son. I don't remember who that was. Oh, that's tasteless. Who would do such a <laughs> who would do such a thing? Fucking jackass you are, I swear to God. <laughs> a nice wholesome moment with the state's Boston basketball coach, and you got some jackass chiming yeah. in. Yeah. Is that really the way you want to use your minutes for your best player there at the end of the game there, coach? Okay, what's, what's wrong with you? God. Anyway, so it was a great tournament, but uh lots of fun over two days. Saw lots of people I haven't seen in a long time, but uh good time covering that. But I know you want to talk about NCAA tournament action. And man, has there been a crazier tournament as far as upsets go that you can remember? I can't. Not recently. You know, the one that sticks out obviously is St. Peter's who knocked off number 15 seed who knocked off Kentucky, a number two seed. Yep. Someone I had going to the final four because I'm dumb. Uh, Tennessee, yeah, another one who lost. Um, I should have my bracket in front of me. Who lost, uh, as well as a number so number two seed Kentucky, number three seed Tennessee lost. We saw the Michigan Baylor of all teams, we didn't even Michigan. In the yeah, Michigan 11 seed, and we all thought, man, maybe they don't even belong, but they're you know, they're proving that they do. They're doing that Syracuse thing that I used to hate with Syracuse, oh. where Syracuse would have a mediocre year and get like an 11 seed, and it'd be a controversial 11 seed at that, like, and then they'd go on a run. 
And they go to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Yeah. And we could see that mm-hmm. with Michigan. I'm sort of kicking myself because there is, I have seen this before with North Carolina, where like Carolina, like it's a down blah year for Carolina. They're a number eight seed. Now they're going to make a run. I bet they'll go to the final four. I was really surprised they beat Baylor. I didn't really, I didn't really, because I haven't followed them as much this year. I didn't realize the huge turnover that Baylor had from the title team last year. So I guess I kind of assumed. And you know what you what happens? You assume, especially in March Madness, Eric. Did you say that? Yes. Makes you an ass. But yeah. But back to St. Peter's, they're kind of like nuts, not local, but not far away. They're in Jersey. They're about a school of about 2,600 kids. Yep. Uh, a 15 seed, I think they're the third 15 seed to ever make the Sweet 16 because they beat Murray State this weekend after knocking off the giant that is Kentucky basketball. And cool story. It looks like their coach is going to reap the rewards because, and you know this better than I do being plugged in, looks like their coach is probably headed uh, for a bit of a, a higher job. And can we talk uh, about that for a second? What What is Kevin Willard one? I, I was I was reading about the program, I, the program builder he is at Seton Hall. He, they have not won a Big East championship, correct? No. They have made zero. They don't play well in the NCAA tournament. They got knocked out they night. were a complete no-show Thursday night. It was embarrassing. Friday uh, so Maryland, Maryland is running to hire Kevin Willard to as his program builder, and people are throwing bouquets at him out the door at Seton Hall. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I, yeah, no. Yeah, and again, Eric's talking about Kevin Willard, who's the Seton Hall coach. Yeah, I've been reading the same thing this weekend. Like Maryland couldn't wait to hire Kevin Willard. Thank and, and a lot of like thank you, Kevin Willard, for uh, all you did for Seton Hall. I guess the. Their way they're framing this and tell me they're if no longer I'm mediocre, wrong. so that's good. They were they were in the dumpster when he got there. You know they hadn't really done much. It's a good you know, program. It's got good tradition. You know they do have good tradition. So I guess you know it makes it sound like you know they were the, just you know one of the worst teams in Division One until he got there. Yeah. And resurrected. He he's done some nice recruiting. That's fine. But I'm with you, man. They haven't won a damn thing. Yeah, you know, and again, a mean? complete no-show as a I believe they were a favorite Friday night, a complete, complete no-show. It was over like within the first five minutes. It was horrible. And, and how do you if you're Maryland, you're like, oh yeah, this guy, the guy who just got blown out the other night, his team didn't even show up, wasn't even prepared to play. That's the new coach, folks. Roll out the carpet. We're having a press conference. And listen, you know, he made the NCAA tournament five of the last six chances and had six 21 seasons. I get it. Six 21 seasons in the last seven years, but Okay. Again, it's like you're running to hire that guy. I just I don't get it. And, and Shaheen Holloway, who was an assistant at Seton Hall for eight years, played at Seton Hall. No brainer. Totally get it. It's a great yeah, story. He, he's the guy who's the St. Peter's coach right now. It looks like I don't know whatever this this Cinderella run. It's already a Cinderella run if you're St. Yeah. Peter's and you get the Sweet Sixteen. Whatever it does, and he's going to be moving on to Seton Hall. So good for him. Um, I like it when Seton Hall is most of the time. I like. Not all the teams, but mo- I like it when most when the when the Big East, Big East has has a lot of good teams. I just think it's better for the basketball. I think it's better for the league. So I wish him success. But yeah, it was kind of a weird sort of like, yeah, I, kind of like he was getting. I, you know, I, I like did Seton Hall hire Coach K and I missed it or what's going on there? <laughs> now, how late? How late do you stay up to what? Were you up late last night watching these games? I was. I watched the uh, the entire. Uh, the late game that started at 9.57, I watched the entire Arizona TCU game. So tell me about the Arizona game. I was I went to bed. It had been a long couple of days, so I couldn't stay up. I went to bed with about six minutes to go. Uh, the no call at half court on the final seconds of the game. Did you have a problem with that? I didn't really think it was that bad of a no call. I'd rather 
I'm the always the guy that says swap. The there's a, the turnover, it, though. Yeah, I just kind of always am like Mr. Uh, I get it. I just I I'd rather have them swallow the whistle than call the whistle. I it's it's weird. I think I have like sorry if this is gonna age me, but it will speaking of Seton Hall. I always have like when those calls and they don't get called, I'm always going back to I have always a Ramil Robinson flashback. John Clockerty. Uh, like yeah, you're like, yeah, just like just let them if there's even an air on the side of not calling it. If I was TC, I'd be like, dude, you got it. You're It's a foul. It doesn't matter if it's the first second of the game, or first minute of the game, or the last minute. It's a foul. You got to call it. But, yeah. Uh, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame yeah. got knocked off. How about Miami knocking off Auburn? I'd love that. Jim Ooh, did not. Miami's on a little run. Miami played well in the. I think they played well in the ACC tournament. I don't know. They did. Yeah, uh, I was surprised by that. I had Auburn going to the Elite Eight, but Auburn uh, finished the year. Kind of like Bruce Pearl team great. always always underachieves. Bruce Pearl. You know, it's the same thing. You know, I was like, you do when you're old like us. You've been watching college hoops for years. You do think about things like that. You mentioned Tennessee earlier, and I was like, oh Tennessee. And then I looked over, like, oh that's right. Rick Barnes is the coach of Tennessee. Rick Barnes got a Rick Barnes, the guy who could win anything with the. I'm an idiot know, for picking Kevin that Durant. Yeah, I'm such an idiot for picking that team. I should have known. Like. I just wanted to go outside the chalk, though. I wanted something. You know, they were hot. You're right. Rick Barnes in a big game. Give me a break. I know. Give me a break. The opposite is I can't say his name, Eric, so I'm just going to say the Miami coach used to be the George Mason coach, and his son was an assistant coach at the Celtics for like 10 years, but I still can't say his name. Guy always produces, man. Laranega. Jim Laranega. Jim Laranega. Laranega. Jim Laranega. You know, took George Mason to the Final Four at the expense of UConn back in 2006. Got Miami in the Sweet 16, and they are not lo- they're not winning close games. They're just outballing people. It's been fun. Uh, you know, it's been a good tournament. Sweet unless you're a UConn men's fan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sweet 16. I mean, I'm just looking at the look at look looking at all the games. I mean, Gonzaga, Arkansas is a good game. Yep. Texas Tech, Duke, uh, North Carolina, UCLA. Talk about a couple of blue bloods right there, man. That's a great. That's going to be sweet. Uh, you mentioned the aforementioned St. Peter's against Purdue. Arizona, Houston, Michigan, Villanova. I, I love Michigan, Villanova. I hope Villanova wins that game and then beats Arizona. Nothing would make me happier. Uh, Kansas, yeah, who's Arizona Providence. playing? Arizona is playing uh, Houston. Calvin yeah, Sanders. I, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm going Houston that game. In fact, I know I'm going Houston that game. Kansas, Providence. Providence, who a lot of people thought were going to be an easy knockout in the first round. A lot of people picked them to lose. in the real, Yeah, there you go. Didn't play well in the Big East Me. tournament. <clears throat> yep. And now the typical, now they're going to Chicago to play uh, Kansas on Friday night. Iowa State, Miami, we mentioned. So it's just a really nice. Iowa game. State, Miami is an 11. Uh, Iowa 11 State, versus Miami, 10. An 11 versus 10. So you're going to have a, you're going to have a double digit seed in the Elite Eight, which will be kind of interesting. So three um, one seeds are still going as we play in the uh, final 16. And again, if you're, if you're local like us or if you're Big East folks like we are, you know, you got Villanova. I mean, I know, you know, Creighton wasn't a, not great for the Big East, but they're missing one of their best players, too. You, you still got probably you still got two of your teams in the, in the Sweet 16. Yep. And Villanova, I know they, they looked a little rusty yesterday, but Villanova, I, I know we, everybody, we are, especially you and I, we praise Jay Wright all the time, but those, those teams are just. They're built for this type of basketball. The way they play, the way they play defense, they hit the foul shots, they can shoot. They do. They just they're just well. It's always a well-rounded team. 
And the other thing I wanted to mention too, and this seems like a century ago. Do you remember even, I don't know how long it's been. You, maybe you would know, but 10 years ago when CBS was always criticized for not switching in and out of games quick enough, you know, leaving the Duke game up by 20, but man, I'll tell you what, on the TV, that last channel option, when you can go to TNT, TBS, true and CBS, there's yeah. nothing better than clicking through those four channels and going from game to game. I got home last night at 11 o'clock. Yeah. My daughter is 14 and on spring break. My wife and son are in bed and she's laying on the couch watching Texas and uh, Purdue last night. And I said, what are you doing up? It's 11, 15 night. Because I'm, I'm on vacation next week and mom said I can stay up and watch. She goes, this is the third game in a row I've watched. And she's not even a big hoops fan, but just the idea of flipping back and forth and watching it. And it's exciting, man. So at first when they said the true TV, the TBS, the TNT, it was like, ugh. but now, man, I mean, there's nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. I know we all make the joke every year. I do it too. Like this is the one time a year where we have to find out a, do I have true TV? B, what is true TV? And if I do have it, where the hell is it on the channel guide? Yeah, but 100%. we all find it, and yeah, you know, we had a couple, uh, but yeah, good games yesterday after some games that were blowouts. And you're right, Sweet Sixteen is going to be fun. The only downside is for you know Duke's still around. Damn it, I know. And they, they they're just going to the NCAA like nothing better than to see them stroll to the Final Four. So we mm-hmm. shall see. Uh, you cut. We're taping this on a Monday uh, just before noon. The UConn women's basketball team plays tonight. I have to mention them. The one little thing I will complain about here is this game is at nine o'clock tonight. Yeah. Nine, nine o'clock on a Monday night in stores. Yeah. And listen, from the local TV aspect, the two things we talked about last week, there's no locker room access. And they're going to get no preview tonight from us at five or six live in stores because there's going to be, it's going to be empty. The fans right, aren't going to show up till seven, seven thirty. It's not like people are across the street at a Buffalo Wild Wings. That's not the UConn fan base for women. It's not. Yeah. And the game is going to be half empty tonight because the, the fan base that trends older is not going to go to a game that tips at 10 after nine. So I, I just don't understand the NCAA. I don't, I don't, get it. I don't understand it either. Um, when they do this, the East coast teams, particularly when there's not like, um, we mentioned Seton Hall earlier, but I believe Seton Hall, when they played the other night, the men's team at nine 57, mm-hmm. they were out in the West coast. So, okay, that's fine. You want to yeah. local people to be able to fill the arena. Cause you're in San Diego. There's no reason for a PM first uh, 9 PM start time in stores, Connecticut. It's absolutely makes no sense. And don't tell me TV too. You don't know what, why are you saving that 9 PM slot for UConn? Because they have a massive West coast fan base that you want to make sure you get <laughs> exactly. in your ratings. The no. hell are you talking about? Yeah, this is a seven p. You know, dude. You know, you've been covering this team for twenty something years. That's a seven p.m. crowd. Yes. What are you doing? They would take noon on a Monday. You kidding me? Oh my goodness! Hey, did so, you? And, and I, I, you talked about not getting any access. Did you ever get hold of the Big East Commissioner and get, have her straighten that crap out for you? Well, it's not her. It's NCAA. Oh, I thought it was the big. Okay, no NCAA. Right. So. It's a pain, man. It's a total pain. And the other thing we mentioned real quick, Yale lost to Purdue in the opening round on Friday afternoon in Wisconsin. Uh, that's just a tough matchup. They got, what, a seven-foot-three kid in the middle? Of the yeah, oh he's really God. good. Jeez, I had no idea watching that. I felt bad. There was a couple kids on Yale who barely play, but they're 6'5", so he's putting them in there to help. You know, oh, I, I know. Get some Mr. fouls. Some genius said on his podcast last week, I think Yale can hang with Purdue. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oops. 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 Uh, so the, the Yale is out. Fairfield women lost on Friday. Uh, hey, Quinnipiac men's ice hockey team is playing the NCAA tournament. I uh, saw that. Yep. The UConn men's ice hockey team lost in overtime on Saturday night to the defending champs, UMass. So they're, we're one 
goal away from making the NCAA tournament as well. So it's good I time. I saw the highlights of that, but it was not it was not televised in my area of Connecticut. Yeah. Thank you very much. But yeah, I did see it. Too bad for UConn. But that's so, a good season for them, right? For their hockey program. Oh, right? Unbelievable. Uh, franchise record wins. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They're definitely on the come. New arena opens next year. That's going to be a, a hot ticket for sure. Yeah, and hockey is just no, like, that's no, that's not, that's not Bush League. I mean, that's, that's, no. a, that's a powerful uh, hockey conference. Yep. All right, we're going to take a timeout. We come back. We have lots to talk about. Uh, Brian wants to ridicule the Yankees, so we'll talk about that. Uh, NFL Deshaun Watson trade. Uh, we lost a longtime reporter who I always remember for his great ESPN commercial more than anything else. Yep. Uh, Brian's going to try to uh, entertain me with some Godfather trivia, which I always like, and then we have a birthday list as well. So all that coming up on the EDBC podcast. Yeah, we're packed on a Monday. Monday, you know, I hope everyone had a good weekend, but, you know, hopefully you got your sleep as we start a new work week. Good mattress is so important for sleep, and that's why I want to talk about Allswell like I do every week. Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep, so much so that they've designed a mattress that makes good sleep accessible to all. The Allswell features hybrid mattress technology. It's combining the best of both worlds, memory foam and individually wrapped coils for a winning blend of comfort and support. The goal was to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. And the result? The Allswell Queen. That's a queen-size mattress that starts as low as $345. $345 for a queen-size mattress. Sounds pretty good to me. Hey, here's another way to save. You're listening to this podcast. Well, if you found us, then find us on our website at edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Click on any one of our episodes, including this one this week when it, when, when it drops later today. Click on an episode. You'll see a link to allswellhome.com. If you click on that link... Start shopping through that link on allswellhome.com. You're going to get 15% off your first order. So whatever you spend, save yourself 15% off. It's a great way to save. So again, you know, busy times, March Madness, need need you to sleep. So sleep well and save well with all as well. All right. It's a great segue, Brian, to our little baseball uh, segment here. The uh, Mike Puma, our buddy from the New York Post, just posted mm-hmm. a picture of Bill Parcells and Buck Showalter at the batting cage down. I don't know if they're in Port St. Lucie. Or where the Mets are today, but Buck Showalter and Bill Parcells talking a little baseball around the Mets batting cage. So I don't know about you, but I am excited for the start of the season. Uh, I know you're going to ridicule the uh, Yankees for their lack of moves, but I'm here to tell you that I am not bothered at all, at okay. all, by them not signing a couple of shortstops they don't need. Because this team needs pitching, pitching, and more pitching. So okay, well, let's let's break it down first. So go ahead. A couple, a couple oh, things there. So I'm please, not school, ridic- please school me. I'm not ridiculing the New York Yankees, but because I think number, I think the two shortstops you're talking about are two guys who were in the free agent market till this pat the end of last week and this weekend. One being Trevor Story, the other one being Carlos Correa. Um, uh, yeah, I do believe Trevor Story has played in Colorado his entire major league career. I do believe in the home road splits. His home road splits are met. There is a massive gulf between them. Um, so I don't think the money and Trevor Story ended up signing for the with the Boston Red Sox, where he's apparently going to play second base, not shortstop, because they were having Xander Bogarts uh, at shortstop, and he's entrenched, as they say. So yeah. I think the Yankees were wise to skip that move for a lot of reasons. Quite frankly, I mean, he's a right-handed hitter. If he's going to go somewhere, he'd probably do better at Fenway than the Yankee Stadium anyway. Uh, I don't know that. Again, the splits are extreme. They just are. Yep. Let's have to see. He's a 241 hitter away from Coors Field. That's not to say he's going to be a 241 hitter the rest of his career, but you got to take that. You know, that's a pity. That's more than a grain of salt. That's two grains of salt. 
you know, take it when you when you look at a guy like Story. I, the thing that got me because I don't know, I know they just traded for the shortstop, but I but I was very surprised that the Yankees apparently had no interest in matching what Carlos Correa got, the former Houston shortstop, got from the Minnesota Twins, which is three years at one hundred five million, I think. That's yep. not an and, and an opt out after the first either the first year or the second year. Yep. I don't know why if the Yankees did make you know made an offer and he just said I want to go to Minnesota. I'm not into New York. I'm, I'm you know whatever your reason is, that's fine. But if they didn't make an offer, they didn't show interest. Just explain to me, and I know you're going to say pitching. Explain to me why that the Yankees aren't better with Korea on that type of contract. Because even if it goes bad and he's not a New York fit or it just doesn't work, you're not. This isn't a Robbie Cano contract, Eric. Like the Mariners a few years ago. Why wouldn't you have any interest in that? And I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm just curious. So I don't think that would have been. I mean, are you telling me that that was an option for the Yankees to have him sign that same exact contract? I don't know. I was just reading this weekend that the Yankees weren't ever really in it. Now I that I don't know what that means. Two things I heard was that they weren't into him. A because there's a history between him and the team with the whole you know uh, can thing, and that the Yankee players can't stand him. Okay. Oh, I'm trying to find me something similar. I'm trying to think of someone who who you would not want on your team. You know, Chipper Jones, he was a free agent. That's a, okay. That's a valid point. I would not want Chipper Jones on my team. You know what I mean? mean they, like I, a lot of times, you know, I, I spent four years rooting against Max Scherzer every time he pitched because he pitched for my the rival in my division. Now yeah. I love him like he's my son, you know, because yeah. I don't, I never had a, that much of a dislike for the guy. I just always rooted against him. Correct. So you're, you, I'm not a Yankee fan. You are, are you, would seeing Korea in your, in pinstripes. I can like, care less. You. Could you, but would you root for the guy if he was hitting 30 home oh, runs? And- of course. Of course. All right. Of course. I, I'm not talking about me as a fan because I don't I don't care. I think I, the, my one Yankee fan friend did say this to me that he thought when he saw the signing, he said, did Cashman get outfoxed as far as they took on the 25 million of Josh Donaldson to get rid of Gary Sanchez. And the twins turn around and use that money they're saving to sign Korea. So did. Cashman kind of get caught with his pants down where he could have had Korea for that money that he got Donaldson for. And my thought was, I, 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 that's totally possible, but I don't think the Yankees ever wanted him. No, I just don't, I don't think, and I don't think that contract would have been the same for the Yankees. Cause you know how it is when you go to New York, no matter who you are, Scherzer, whoever you're going to, you're going to want the world from to play in New York. Because you know, the they can, the yeah, you market. know, you know, you know, these teams can afford it. Yeah. You know, Those you know, contracts I mean, aren't the same. You know, yeah, and the Donaldson trade to me was just like I, I turned me in from a bit from an out again, not a fan. Like I just said, whatever. The twins want to be rid of Donaldson this contract. I think Donaldson's close to being washed. The Yankees desperately want to get away, get, get rid of Sanchez. And it's just like you were like, here's my trash, here's your trash. Let's move. No offense, guy. No offense to the players. You're not that's a bad analogy. Here is my problem, child. Here's your problem, child. Let's just. And at the same time, as much out. as I said, some Yankee players didn't like Correa, him and uh, Donaldson and Garrett Cole had to have a sit down in the manager's office for 45 minutes and hash it out, apparently. Because you remember when Cole was caught with the spider attack or, you know, was dancing right. around it, one of his most vocal critics was Donaldson. 
saying that the pitchers were cheating, basically, and he called out Cole specifically. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing because Donaldson's so, always been a bit of an outspoken guy, and he's in New York now. So, so Boone had three, it- Boone met with the two of them. The three of them had an hour long meeting in the manager's office, I guess, on Wednesday morning or Thursday morning of last week. To- kind of air out their grievances, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm sure everything is just fine now. I, in fact, it is just fine because like 20 minutes after they, that meeting ended, Garrett Cole made sure to tell everybody, you know, within earshot that everything is fine. So, yeah. I, again, I'm just more like I thought the Yan- – I'm a little surprised at the Yankees' inactivity given the fact that I don't think that division is super strong. I guess Toronto – I like Toronto a lot because some of the moves they've made. I it, to me it goes back to what you're saying last year. Like feels like the Yankees are just treading water. Like, oh, we'll just- yeah, and they and we talked last week on the podcast last week. Domingo Herman down. What's Luis Severino going to be? I've always thought Jordan Montgomery's a fourth starter at best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So who is the who is pitching for the Yankees behind Garrett Cole? Who is their number two starter? I mean, Jamison Tyone's pitching today in a spring training game. He was he had a very good stretch during the summertime, but do I trust him in a playoff game coming off an injury? Mm-hmm. No. So who knows? And even the guy the Mets got, Chris Bassett from the A's, who's going to be like their number three starter. That guy's a number two starter for the Yankees. Yep. Again, the Mets had to trade a pretty high prospect to get him. And I don't know if they, again, it seems as of late, the Yankees do not want to trade any high prospects, which, okay, whatever. But for a team yeah, that has uh, a history of overvaluing them, that's always sketchy. So Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, speaking of trades, uh, how about the NFL trade? I mean, NFL, I mean, has there been a – since the Super Bowl, you figure, oh, well, we had a couple months off in the NFL. They've been in the news every day, every week, it seems like. I mean, yeah, just and not just – You know, own the sports market. Yeah, and not just free agency. You know, free agency started, and that had the usual flourish. Uh, you know, most teams, like at least 31 teams, did some things in free agency, not, not the Dallas Cowboys, but this yeah. that's not this podcast. <laughs> Oh, the Deshaun Watson trade, Eric. Uh, so Deshaun Watson, the embattled, I hate that word, quarterback for the Houston Texans, who's been facing 22 counts of sexual misconduct from 22 different women, was found uh, a grand jury decided not to indict Deshaun Watson. And once that happened, all of a sudden, like, oh, now, since he's not indicted for a crime, now we can trade him and all these teams want him because, you know, I, the, I, I, and he got traded for Cleveland. The, the haul that Cleveland got gave up for this guy is massive. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really get it. I don't know how you feel about it. I kind of felt like Saturday or Friday, whenever it happened that the just, I was kind of, I kind of felt like it was just disgusting. The NFL and the Cleveland Browns kind of just seemed like vile to me on Saturday night. Well, I know Jimmy Hazlitt, right? The owner put out a statement saying we did a thorough and uh, exhaustive search uh, research on this before we made this move. And then it comes the lawyer who's representing the 22 women said it was so exhaustive that he never reached out to us. Right. (laughs) We've seen this crap before from NFL teams. If you can throw the football, if you can block, run, tackle or catch and you're available, then you're going to. And I hate to do this because it shouldn't be just about football. But even just from a football perspective, you've given up a ton of first round picks uh, and some other some other picks as well. You're going to pay him a massive contract, I believe, like a massive, the most guaranteed money at any any NFL player in history. And let's just go this from a football standpoint, not the nauseating claims that he's facing. And he still has civil litigation. It looks like he's going to have to go through. And he might get he might very well be he might very well be suspended for like at and least he will six be games. Yeah, he will four, be suspended by four, at least six, six games. Yeah. And from a football perspective, he didn't play a snap of NFL football last year, Eric. In his last he game, might not, he, 
His last game, he stunk in the playoffs against. Uh, yeah, and the last time he was a full, the last time he was the full the starter for the full season for Houston, they went four and twelve. So from a Houston, from a, and I know they're down on Baker Mayfield, who's the quarterback for the Browns now. For the time being, he's going to be traded. Indianapolis, but, maybe. Yeah, maybe in the name of last Apples. So I guess if I just look at this from a purely football standpoint, can I make the argument that they just treat the Sean Watson is now, as we sit here today, the third best quarterback in the AFC North? Would you take him over Joe Burrow? I would. Would no. you take him over? Would you take him over Lamar Jackson? No. Nope. That's number three. Now Pittsburgh obviously doesn't have a court. Well, Mitch Trubisky. So yeah. So there you go. There's your third best quarterback that hasn't played in a year and a half. But at the same time, from a, if you put not again not minimizing minimizing anything if you put all the off the field stuff to the side i can understand why cleveland made the move because they're just going for it they're just saying we got all this talent at different positions we're gonna go for it so i get it i get it what talent do they have they just lost jarvis landry you know they had nick chubb they traded like they just traded amari cooper who's you know Uh, who's always been a little bit overrated in my book. He, he, Mari finished like 700 yards this year. I mean, it's not like they're the Rams or the Chiefs. I guess I don't see that they're like this in, this this Super Bowl contender because they have, you know, they traded for Deshaun Watson. But again, I'm probably insane. I guess if you're Cleveland, it's been so long since you've been relevant. Yeah. And you have a, a rabid, rabid fan base. I guess you got to do it. But it, it Roll the kinda, dice. It, Roll the dice. It kind of stinks. Smells, smells bad. No, I agree. 100%. I agree. Uh, there's who knows what's going to be happening in the next couple of days. But like I said before, the NFL continues to just lead the off season. I mean, the- Oh, Hey, Eric, I mean, listen, we're, uh, you know, we're five weeks from the draft. Yep. I know. We'll some, and- you and I have to have some draft talk. We'll get a draft in here. We'll break down the draft. Can you do some draft stuff. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, and Hey, listen, one guy who I used, always used to love during draft time, and this is an awkward segue, but you mentioned it uh, on, our, on our list. Here is uh, John Clayton, the longtime NFL reporter, passed away. Oh, yeah, sure. One of the funniest ESPN commercials ever when he's doing the reports from his house with the ponytail and the face. Yep, 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 yep. Look it up on YouTube if you haven't seen it. It's hysterical. Hysterical. How old was he? Do you know? Was he, did he, was he sick? Uh, yeah, John, John passed away this weekend. He was just 67. Um, was he ill? Did was, I read that? Yeah, they didn't get specific, but I read that he passed after a short illness. He was 67. He had been... In covering the NFL for 50 years, that's because, as I was reading in one of his the pieces that was written about him, he's a Pittsburgh, was a Pittsburgh guy, um, and started doing some stringer work for the Steelers when he was like 17. And just, you know, there's a guy who just hustled, hustled, hustled. And I thought it was c- kind of sad because that's just one of those guys like in the 90s and stuff when you watch like NFL primetime or ESPN when we had to watch – when we had to rely more on like cable news and ESPN for our sports news because there wasn't a, a lot of internet or Twitter. Chris so Mortensen Twitter. and the like, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. and like Chris Mortensen is still who said some nice things about him this weekend. Mm-hmm. I was just, I always thought he was like a professional. Sometimes now you get NFL talking has to, you know, their arm, they're building up their biceps because they carry so much league water. And Clayton yeah. just came across as like a genuine, like I'm just a, rep- I'm a genuine reporter. I know people, I build relationships. Edwarder. Ed Werder, yeah, Ed Werder, another guy who's been there forever uh, yeah. doing that type of stuff. So that was sad to see. Uh, again, not a, really young, just 67. Yep. All right. Well, listen, uh, RIP John Clayton. Like I said, it was always yeah. good to watch him, and he always was solid on the air. Uh, we're going to take one more time out. We come back, you're going to have some uh, Godfather trivia, and uh, we got like five birthdays on the list this week, and I'm pretty sure I don't know any of them. So.
You don't know, know any people, of the people know birthday the, list? I know the people. I just don't know their ages. So we'll see. All right. Yeah, let's we'll go. Get, let's have some fun. Hey, uh, let's talk. You, know, you, know, you, know, you want to have fun, but you want to eat. Got to eat, right? You need to get your groceries, but you don't feel like leaving the house. You can't leave the house, especially now. You're watching a lot of basketball this weekend. You need some snacks. That's why you should sign up for an Instacart account. Instacart lets you shop and save from home. Get your groceries and your snacks delivered in as fast as one hour. Select items from your favorite grocery stores and get real-time updates from your personal shoppers. You know, if there's a deal or a deal to be had or item that you might have forgotten or something like that, you talk to them, they talk to you, you know, get a little text message going and that they're in, you know, they're in contact with you. And the best part is this is not like when the cable guy says, I'll be here between 8 a.m. and 12 p.m. or, you know, something like that. I did the math wrong. You can pick the convenient time for your groceries to be delivered. That's another great reason to sign up for Instacart. And it takes about three minutes to sign up for that account. Here's another great thing. If you are a PayPal uh, user, use the PayPal as a way to save. Use the promo code 30PAYPAL. That's 30PAYPAL. When you order with pay, when you pay with PayPal on Instacart, and you'll get $30 off your first order of $50 or more. Again, that's $30 off your first order of 50 bucks or more. Just got to use that PayPal promo code, 30PAYPAL. You can shop for home and save with Instacart. All right. Break out some uh, Godfather trivia with some factoids. Let's hear it. Buddy. Yeah. You know, March is a long month. So we've been dragged. We've been, you know, trying to space this out. The Godfather turned the iconic film turns 50 this month, as we've been talking about, at least in theaters, at least in New York, premiered in March 15th, 1972. So we did a little fun, little funny little trivia. And we're doing three facts every week. We had a couple weeks left. And so here are your three facts um, this week on The Godfather. One of, you know, it's one of those famous, you know, every a lot of famous movies have famous lines. You know, frankly, dear, I don't give a damn. Uh, you know, uh, trying to think, you know, the, the Germans got nothing to do with that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, the line, one of the lines from The uh, Godfather is obviously take, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Uh, uh, uttered by the actor who played Clemenza, one of the capos in the movie of the Corleone family. And that was an ad lib uh, sequence. The actor who played Clemenza just sort of came up with it on the first Love take. It. First take, and they didn't do another take. They just kept it. That's all. Awesome. Uh, the other thing is, okay, Marlon Brando and James Caan, played father and son, Vito and Sonny Corleone in this movie. And I don't know what their heights are in real life, and I didn't never knew this. Uh, now, every time I watch this movie, and I'll watch it again, I'm sure, I'm going to be thinking about this. They both wore lifts in their shoes to appear taller. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. And didn't there's a lot of actors have done that over there. I think Michael J. Fox had to do that for a little bit, or you know, they stay, put you on a box, you know, to stand. Yeah, put you in a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vin Vin Diesel's one of those. Yeah, or like yeah. Vin Diesel was in a movie with Dwayne Johnson, and like Dwayne, Vin Diesel comes up to like Dwayne Johnson's navel, so they had to make some alterations. And yeah. uh, like, like Dudley Moore was pretty short, so I'm sure they had to do that with him occasionally. As well. Yeah, I've actually even made a, a joke in that in, in, in Tootsie, like in how where he, there was a scene where him was like, look, I could be taller and he's wearing lifts. So, uh, yeah, but that certainly happened in The Godfather, Brando uh-huh. and James Conn wearing lifts. And our last one for this week, I didn't know this. I always thought it was weird, but apparently Pacino took this personally. Al Pacino boycotted the Academy Awards the following spring in 1973. Why? Because he was not, he was nominated. He was nominated for best supporting actor. And he thought he should have been nominated for best actor, which Brando was nominated. Brando actually won for best actor, which is a whole other story. Uh, and so Pacino said, you know, I had more lines than that. I mean, the, he's in the whole the movie, he's in the movie for like half an hour total. I'm in the movie for three hours. Yeah. I should be best actor. But it's Marlon Brando. 
So that's it is Marlon Brando. Then of course Pacino got nominated for Best Actor in '74 for Godfather Part Two, and somehow didn't win it. But that's a whole other story as well. You've done it again, Brian. You've done it again. Yeah, I, I, I researched this this morning. Took almost seven minutes. <laughs> uh, all right, what's your birthday list looking like this week? What do you got on there? All right, let's bang through these. These are some, got a few right off the top from the world of sports. The world of sports, as Marv Albert might say. Yes. Uh, hockey great, Hall of Famer, maybe one of the two or three greatest players of all time, maybe the greatest hockey player of all time, Bobby Orr. Is he 75 or is he 80? Damn it. Thought I He's saw him. Neither. 70. All right, how old is he? He's 74. All right, 75. Jeez, neither. I'm right in the ballpark. Give me a break. The ballpark. You're in the ballpark, but you're not right. You're in you're in the ballpark. All right. 75, 74 years old, Bobby Orr, the great. You know, one. you can, you know, you, you missed the 50 foot putt, but you're like three, six inches from the hole, cap in for the bird. You know, you're it's okay. funny. Funny. People always say who's the greatest hockey player? And you know, the casual fans say, Oh, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. But if you talk to true blue hockey fans, like legit coaches, scouts, they all yep. think Bobby Orr. They all say the uh, Bob Ryan, the, the great Boston Globe sports writer, who's no more, known more for basketball. Yeah. But I've heard him on several podcasts saying it's not even close. It was Bobby Orr. He watched yep. his whole career. Changed the game. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. All right. Another Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame coach, Pat Riley. Ooh, I should know this because we had the author on who did Blood in the Garden there a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Uh, and I read all yeah. the great Riley stuff. Man, He's been around a long time, Brian. Started coaching, I think it's 40 years ago, 81, 82 was his first season as a head coach at the Lakers. Yeah, so, I mean, is, is he older than Bobby Orr? I want to say yes. I'm not going to tell you that. This is, I'm not. I'm going to say 70, 70, 73. He's 77. Damn it. I wanted to say that, but I hated, you know I hated saying that. I know. I know you're very busy right now, especially this time of year with your chosen profession. Have you watched any of this Lakers show on HBO, Winning Time or something? Again, another podcast, another guest of ours, Jeff Perlman, is kind of loosely based Perlman. on his book, correct? Right. Have you watched it? I, I have no interest. I haven't watched a second of it. So I have not watched it, but the people that have watched it said they make Jerry West look like an idiot. And they well, think you know well. They think it should. They they said uh, one person said that Jerry West should sh- sue the doc the people who made the film for uh, defamation of character. Well, you know one who pe- the people who said that who was that it was Jerry West. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're claiming that Jerry Buss was the one who wanted Magic Johnson, not yeah. Jerry uh, West. John C. Riley, apparently, who I like as an actor, is apparently playing Jerry Buss. But I don't like like I'd rather watch a documentary than watch like a bunch of guys. Yeah, acting that, as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I, I don't want to see. I don't see Adrian Brody, who I guess is playing Pat Riley, play Pat Riley. I'm. I can't. I'm too. Honey, my brain will not let me suspend disbelief that much. I, I agree 100. percent I will not watch it. No interest. All right, but here, not, nice segue. You talked about Riley. We went to the Knicks. We talked to Chris Herring about the Knicks a couple weeks ago. Film director and super Knicks fan Spike Lee has an, has a birthday this week, and he's older than we think he is. You better believe it. I mean, I shouldn't say you better believe it, but he, yeah, he is. 63. He is 65. Nice. There's another one. Yep. Met him in Martha's Vineyard many moons ago, Oak Bluffs. Of course you did. Uh, Who the hell don't you meet in Martha's Vineyard? <laughs> Jerome Williams. Are you guys going Lee? to Martha's Vineyard this summer? And if so, do you have a list of people you plan to try and interact with? 
Hey man, the, the it's a good list out there. I mean, you get John. I, I haven't seen Larry David, who is out there all the time, and that is my dream bump into is Larry David, and, and just say to him, "Hey, can we do a stop and chat?" Because I know how much he hates doing the <laughs> stop and chat. Uh, no, I we I don't believe we're going to the vineyard this summer. Again, the kids have got too much going on. So uh, I know what that down. feeling is. Too so. bad that the Kennedys will be just disappointed. Yes. All right. The last two actually I did because I was surprised that they weren't older. And we'll just rock these out real quick. We're coming yeah. up against the clock. Actor Matthew Broderick. 57. Yeah, see, that's what I I would have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have been older than this. He is, a, I guess, a milestone birthday. He turns 60. All right, not too far off, but again, he I was thinking like he was thirty. I always think he was like thirty-five in Ferris Bueller, but he was like like twenty-two. Yeah, all right, and that was eighty-six. So eighty-six or something. Like that. Yeah, I don't know. No. All right, uh, last one, another one of your personal favorites, because I know you watch you you've been watching you've watched The View pretty much since its inception. DVR, I don't watch them all, but yeah. <laughs> I don't. I guess she's no longer there. I don't really. I don't know that you would know this better than I do. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, funny woman, Rosie O'Donnell. Speaking of Larry David, did a nice uh, couple of uh, yeah, actually she was good. Yeah, she's very funny, uh, emasculating Larry. Uh, you know, she was great, and she's the one too. Or no, no, not she's the one. What's the movie? She's, she's the one. Her. No, not she's the one. No one. Matt Dillon. Uh, name escapes me right now. Oh, a Timothy beautiful Hunt. girls. Yes, thank you. There you go. Yeah, I uh, forgot about that. Sixty-two. No. Oh, uh, she met. Same as uh, same as Matthew Broderick, sixty. Again, I'm right there, buddy. Right I thought there. she was older. It seems like she's been around for a while. And no offense to Rosie, but she's one of those people that, like, <clears throat> twenty years ago, looked like she was like forty-eight. Right, no offense. Yeah, she was on like, wasn't she like on Star Search? She's like kind of Ellen's contemporary. As far oh as my like, Chuck Woolery, I don't know if she was on Star Search. Star Search, uh, Chuck Woolery, Ed McMahon, Chuck, Star Search. Oh, Ed McMahon, right, 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 right. Chuck Woolery's uh, love. What is it? Love, love connection. connection. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, Sorry. Man. So it's wow. Monday. It's Monday morning. I'm doing the best I can. All right. Jeez. Do a lot of Godfather trivia. All right. So next week we got the Sweet 16. We'll talk about that. That starts Thursday, I believe. Correct. Right. Yep. We're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And then we'll narrow it down to the final four. So you and I will catch up next weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll be inching a little closer to opening day, April 7th, a couple weeks away. I'm yep, trying to finagle a spring training trip, by the way, from work. So really, you go down to see. Go down to uh, whatever they call it there, Legends Field, or whatever they call it down there, Yankees. What do the Yankees call their Tampa, place? yeah. George M. Steinbrenner Field. Legends. It used to be Legends Field, now GMS Field. And then maybe a little trip to Port St. Lucie to check out your Mets. So. Outstanding. We'd love, to, right. we'd love to have you there. Hey, nine back. years ago, I know this is a special day for you, and I'm thank you for taking the time. Nine years ago today, David Wright was named the captain of the Mets. So I know it's something you guys will talk about at dinner aware. tonight. All right. As is pointed out to me, every time the Mets name a captain, that person's career spirals downward in a rather uh, quick fashion. So no more cap. Don't make Pete Alonso the captain. <laughs> How about that car accident he got into? Jeez. Oh my goodness. His wife posted the video on Instagram of the car. Oh, gee, he's lucky Rolled to be alive. Like three times. He's very lucky to be. He's a crazy. Yeah. Florida drivers, man. Crazy down there. Live each day, people. Live each day. All right. Absolutely. That'll do it for this edition of the EDPC podcast. I'm Eric. He's Brian. Say goodbye, buddy. See ya.